Hey friends, on this episode I'm joined by the one and only Richard Mills, destroying and breathing life into old homes in Auckland, New Zealand. Richard operates under the name of Living Improvements on Instagram and YouTube fame. If you enjoy carpentry content, you probably already know who Richard is. He is a man who has done up a few interesting properties and documented his journeys. It's fun to watch along and to learn something with Richard about building, about renovating, about property development. Way better than watching the block and any other extreme home makeovers you may have been exposed to in the past. Rich is quite a character and it was really fun to catch up with him. So check this episode out, learn something about Richard, listen to his story about what he does, what he gets up to, what he's going to get up to in the future. Enjoy. Yeah, Richard, thanks for coming on, bro. Uh, one of the things that we kicked off with was you telling me a little bit about your background and how you got into building and how that all started. I think that's a pretty cool place to kick off the podcast. So um, do you want to kind of go back and tell me how it all came to Living Improvements? Yeah, sweet. It's a bit of a, I don't know where to start, but I, I think like one of my, one of my, I had some really early memories of mum and dad getting a house built and having seen builders on site and seeing that all happen and kind of being like in awe of that sort of thing. And I also remember at primary school, I'd love to be able to track down the house that we went to, but on a little school excursion, and obviously this is back in the mid eighties where, you know, health and safety wasn't a big concern. It was kind of just like, all right, we're off to down the road, check out a building site, you know, and I just remember yeah, being, it was all just framing and to see a house when it was at its framing stage, again, I'd have been like six or seven was just like, Wow, this is amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'd always kind of been interested, I guess, in construction. And my my family, so my grandfather and my father, uh, were in civil construction. And so I sort of grew up um, often because my dad worked such long hours. I'd quite often go to site with him on the weekends just to kind of hang out with him, mm-hmm. get pie on the on the way in the car or whatever. But um, and again, it was awesome because it was back in the day where it was. Lot more lax on, on health and safety, so you'd go to site, and, and I spent my childhood sort of using heavy machinery as a jungle gym, you know. So, um, <laughs> so I've kind of been around it, and then, um, I think so. But my kind of my, I guess, my natural path took me through arts. So, mm-hmm. at high school, I was as soon as I didn't have to do maths and science, I was like all arts, English, art history, printmaking, just all that sort of stuff. And then I followed that and I basically just wanted to go snowboarding after that. Mum and dad were like, well, they were pretty old school and they of that opinion that, you know, you need to have a degree to have a career and that sort of thing. And um, and they were like, what about this film and TV course? So that's, I was just like, that sounds easy. I just wanted to go snowboarding, but I was like, okay, they want me to go to university. So I was like, yep, sweet. It was just over in Waikato and I was, and parents were in Tauranga at the time. So it was pretty close. And um, yeah, and did that. And then, so after that, I just sort of, mucked around for the next 10 or 15 years combination of snowboarding and working in tv and film yeah and that was quite cool but it didn't i never really had a real passion for it or maybe the realities of the industry sort of wiped out the passion that i had maybe um bit of a dying industry you know like with with the Mm. internet and everything it was just the budgets would get smaller and smaller um and i'd always had because we'd moved around a bit 
and done up by either mum and dad purely for work. That They weren't the sort of couple that went around doing up houses, but dad had to move a couple of times with work. And so they had, uh, I don't know if it was one of them or both of them, but really good insight and foresight, rather, of taking a place that, you know, as kids, we didn't think looked very impressive or very special. And they would basically go with location, right? Like this is on a great site and it's got a great view and it's got, and they would just turn these sort of old, ugly houses into something pretty special. So that was always there as well. Um, and yeah, so a little while ago, well, in, in between TV and that, actually, I, I ended up doing two years. So this is quite random. I sort of didn't have the confidence to go from TV and, and rock up to some builder and be like, hey, uh, yeah, I'd like to start building and uh, you know what do you do oh i work in tv like behind a computer you know like produ- production stuff it's, i didn't think that was uh probably probably the best lead and, and um and so i sort of kind of didn't give me the confidence to do that and then i ended up with a cousin of mine doing a random really random project down in taupo and that was a geothermal mineral extraction thing and i, th- I thought i was going to be there for a month just helping them set up before i had a, um a tv gig and I ended up being there for two years, kind of operating this plant or helping to operate this plant. And then coming back from there is when I kind of went, okay, now at least I can go somewhere and be like, yeah, I've been doing this sort of really tradey type manly job a bit more. And uh, through just through a mate, um, his mate was a was had a company, just small company, and just started working for them basically. And then I uh, I did probably six months with them, and the foreman I wasn't really my my style so um while they were fun to work with it kind of wasn't really my again I was kind of losing my passion for it I was not that stoked on it and um and I had a rental property and I decided stuff it I'll just have a crack and try and try and renovate that so yeah that's where it kind of that's where it started I guess that I'm 43 now and I didn't start building till I was about 37. Right yeah okay do you feel like was it always an inevitability that you'd come to construction though you said even like uh at the end of your tv career you were thinking oh, i can't just rock up to a building site yet so you're obviously thinking about it yeah i had i, I bought my uh, an investment property when i was probably about 29 mm-hmm. up, up in auckland and i like i'm the sort of person that i hate not understanding how things work or how you know when i was little i used to hate the fact that, that at the end of the news there was this whole thing with the numbers and the currencies and stock markets and stuff and I was like what is this thing like if it's important to be on the news but I what the hell is it so I hated so I, I learned a little bit about that because I just need the answers and so kind of when I had this property um there was I like for instance I had a bathroom that needed pulling out and redoing and I just wanted to be like over the builder's shoulder the whole time like mm. how does this all go together what is this and so and I did a little bit of work on that and thank god for YouTube because I probably wouldn't have gone down the same path without it you know you just all of a sudden, it's you can you can watch videos of how to how to repaint a window, how to reglaze a window, how to do this, do that, and f- basically from that point, I was like, oh yeah, I'd quite enjoy like having property and doing it up. I don't know if I ever, at that point that I was like, I, I still think I was, like, I was I was sort of trained on the TV industry, but um yeah, I don't know. I guess construction's always been in my blood, I guess. Yeah. But more, but it was always kind of that civil thing. Like I did roading when I was at university on my holidays, mm-hmm. playing asphalt, and I and I really enjoyed that rocking up to a site, and whether it's a one day job or a two week job or a three week job, you know, come and being able to turn around and look at what you've produced and 
developed or whatever. Um, and that's the same with building, I guess, that same sort of satisfaction, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense, uh, your journey, like looking on it, especially coming from an arts background. Do you feel that it's kind of your the creative side of you that really fell in love with doing up property? You're obviously a creative guy. I mean, it shows with the content that you put out, but do you think creativity kind of draws you to just the building game in general? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I did, so the guys that actually in that first rental property that I had, the guys who redid the bathroom, it was like a, at the time dating my sister's friend or something. So that's how I got him. And so anyway, we become mates. And I actually spent probably about a year working with those guys um, in the last, just before my last renovation, the um, one that I sort of put on Instagram and stuff. Um, and they were awesome guys to work for, but they start, they were tending to do a bit more commercial, like some shop fit outs and, mm. and office, you know, partitioning and stuff like that. And I, just didn't have the passion for it. But I think that's exactly why I really wanted that, that ability to have the input of how, how things were going to go. Mm-hmm. I, 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 if, if, I don't think I could do the standard building contractor where I get given a set of plans and I build the house. It's, I also, I kind of want to be the guy who's, I'm, I'm never going to be an architect, but I want to have more input of like, well, how, how's this going to work well? And what's mm. it? Yeah, so there is that creative side that I think is pretty important to what I do, for sure. For sure. And definitely um, being in that kind of sub-genre of construction uh, within renovations is a pretty good space to explore that because uh, you can change the inside of buildings quite easily, you know, Uh, as opposed to like you, okay, I want to just go out and build spec houses and completely design and draw them um, yourself with like renovations you can really get stuck in and change the way an existing structure already is yeah i think on that um i don't know if you've seen the youtube videos that i haven't still got a a, a long edit that i never get around to finishing off on my third episode but um did you see those on youtube i've i only seen a few i've seen most uh, like your instagram stuff i watch um but yeah. i'm yeah not sure which one i've seen i think three of them on youtube yeah. i did yeah i did a couple on youtube but um but in particular on that job, which was quite a crazy job, but there was the bathroom and the bathroom was this completely random setup. And, you know, that ability to, to, to really rework something and something take something that was completely unworkable mm. and was spending a bit of time on the property and just constantly thinking about it, thinking about it and reworking it in your head and drawing it out on the ground. And it ended up being a really good space mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so that was that was like that's so satisfying to me that I could do that. Yeah, um, and I yeah, I thought that's the fun part where I'm kind of like, right, how can I make this the space work better, flow better? Yeah, thinking outside the box as much as possible. Yeah, do you think of that because you're sort of like in a are you in a developer's sort of shoes when you're making those decisions, or are you thinking about what would I like if I lived in this house? I yeah, that's it. I. I would I would definitely be better at what I do if I think if I was more of the developer mentality. So I think it's mm-hmm. a it's probably a curse from the money making side to be someone who's kind of creative and be like, right, well, what would I like? Now that property, I was thinking, right, this is going to be. I was aiming sort of first home buyers, you know, sort of early thirties. So I was kind of thinking that it that would work within that whether or not I was just justifying that so that I could make it how I wanted it to be. But um, yeah, but yeah, that is, that is hard when I'm kind of like, 
I, I did a course actually after that, just took an online course, and it was a, a, so apparent to me that how I was doing, it needed to be adjusted, you know, mm, mm. more towards those numbers and stuff. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's kind of that's an, an important part of how I operate to, I guess, to get that satisfaction and enjoy, that enjoyment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think there's got to be a sweet spot, eh? Because I was talking to an interior designer the other day, and you know, a lot of the kind of spec houses or the new builds that get put in subdivisions are so incredibly samey. Um, and you know, for someone like you, I could imagine you wouldn't want to build the same house over and over again. So there's a sweet spot between kind of making a house a home but also covering your bases in terms of being able to keep on developing properties i suppose well i think that kind of segues into something i was gonna maybe talk about but um mm. i had a um canadian girlfriend for a bit and we're in queenstown and she would just bitch and moan about the state of new zealand housing you know and i was kind of like taking it a little bit personally but to be fair um you know housing rental housing in, in queenstown at the time was pretty much all Southlanders holiday batches, you know, cribs, and they were just classic old back, like just averagely built. I'm talking sort of ice on the inside of the windows in winter mm. and stuff. And, um, and so she was just complaining horribly. And I went to Canada, went to Canada, and went to Toronto with her. And it's just these these rows and rows of streets. And the only way you knew where you were was by what the car that was parked out on the street. You know, oh, there's the red pickup, right? That I know roughly where I am because the houses were all exactly the same. Yeah, and I just remember thinking, "Oh no, I, this New Zealand's way of doing it's way better. Everything's it, all the houses are different. You know exactly if you're on the wrong street. You know, but um, but then you realise the economies of scale of doing it just like that, and that's why I, I guess one of the reasons that they have because then you you live in the house, right? You go and stay there for a few weeks, and you're like, oh my god, this is like freezing outside, and it's so cozy in here, mm. and it's quiet, and it's pretty well built and and you go okay i see there's a there's a benefit to the system you know and yeah and like you say there's you don't want every house to look the same but it's those efficiencies and and building like that right that, that make it affordable and potentially better quality i don't know yeah for sure how do you how do you think we improve the standard of of these older houses like do we because we're building at quite a fast rate even though it's not fast enough but I feel like there's a lot of older houses that are getting going to get left behind um, real quick. You know, how do how do we improve older houses? Do you think to kind of bring them up to the standards? I guess that's what you're trying to do, at least in terms of the interior design of the place and the kind of um, sellability of them. But how do we do it sort of sustainably? I think is quite interesting. It's such a it's such a tricky question to answer. I'm certainly not qualified to answer it, but. Um, I mean, it's so ex- well. In the, the last couple of projects I've worked on with Scott, and certainly that project of mine before that, we were dealing with quite. You know, the 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 um, his villas are both sort of in the well, the bungalow and a villa, but they're in the hundred year old range. My one was in the six seventy year old range or whatever, and they just like to renovate them. You know, nothing. If, as anyone knows, it's doing that sort of stuff. Nothing straight. It's so much easier to build a new house. It takes way longer than you think. It costs more than you think. Um, and so, how you go about, you know, bringing that stock up to up to scratch in a financially viable way? I'm, I don't have the answer. Um, mm. I think it's good what the council. I mean, the council, what the government have done with bringing in the healthy homes thing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be some random things that kind of with any 
with any rules and regulations they bring in that aren't aren't perfect solutions. But in general, especially I don't know you. I'm, I'm again I'm a bit older, but the houses I've lived in over the years uh, rented. Um, there's been some real subpar ones, you know, like mold growing out of the roof, and yeah. and not because, like I'm the sort of guy who like cleans everything up and has the windows open during the day, and you're still like these horrible old damp New Zealand homes. And I think probably one of the good things that's happening in Auckland, um, kind of good things depending on your point of view. But watching those old houses that were one, I'm in Mangere Bridge, and I see a lot of people on 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 online sort of do a bit of complaining about it and this intensification situation, but we need more houses. And to see some old, averagely built house from 1960 that's in the middle of the section, and especially around here, it might not even be that big a house. It might be a three-bedroom house on a on a 1,000-metre or 800-metre site. And seeing that gone with three new houses put up there, which are all like four bedrooms and nice and new, is, you know, as long as the, as long as the developers aren't, cutting mad corners is a pretty it's one of the good ways to see those houses fixed up right is you know, <laughs> with a bulldozer and being yeah. replaced by new houses yeah definitely and and um like you say intensification is not necessarily a bad thing um considering how much we're kind of sprawling out left right and center yeah um, and I, I see lots of people complaining about oh you know we've got oh, this community it has nice big sections and now you're doing it's like these are all people who are all happy in a home complaining and basically mm. if, if if their point of view was the was the dictating premise that that our rules are made on then they'd just be con- the house prices would just go up and up and up and people would not be able to get homes mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous right and they all they're all sitting on their in their houses on their sections which they think is the natural state that it should be and it's like no your house was part of a development that used to be a big yeah. green space in fact maybe it was a house on three thousand square you know the old quarter acre section mm. that you're benefiting from intensification so yeah welcome welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah well said that's interesting i want to um go back to something you said a little bit earlier that i caught that i think's um quite fun to talk about is that you you said that you think working on these and redoing these older villas these old 100 year old not even that old sometimes houses uh is a lot more difficult than building a new house with your experience in carpentry so far do you think in terms of residential construction do you think you learn more by working on older houses than you would banging out the same old four-bedroom house on a subdivision yeah, I've only done one. Oh, I've done two new builds, but the first one I was only on for a few months and it was when I first started, right? So I didn't really know really what was going on. I was just learning to swing a hammer and <laughs> how to walk around on a roof and, and real basic stuff, mm-hmm. how to use a drop saw and stuff. So, um, but I have, yeah, I worked on one um, spec house with my mates and yeah, that's I what you're getting at is that was very much like, paint by numbers sort of thing right frames arrive flick them up make sure they're square that sort of thing and but working on these houses i mean I, that my first renovation project that i did my and i had a builder doing the stuff that i couldn't do but i'll never forget trying to line up some new jib on a wall with a window and it was all just out of shape and i just spent a couple of days 
excuse the pun, but like banging my head against the wall, like how do I make this work? And it mm. seemed like it should have been really simple and I felt so dumb. Mm-hmm. But now I realise that no, this is one of the challenges that everyone has and that you just kind of, you've got to do it as good as you can and it'll never be perfect because it's an old house. But um, I don't know, if, yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't been around enough and done enough to know whether you learn more or you just learn different, you know, it's like a different mm. skill set. Mm-hmm. Can't you, you couldn't take a guy that's been working on spec houses his his, his whole apprenticeship or, or you know for 10 years and then chuck him in a villa he'd probably i'm guessing he'd be struggling a little bit and vice versa well, i don't know if vice versa maybe yeah yeah so that that's the argument i think yeah i think it's fun to talk about but i'm i'm not really sure either i think it's definitely is a different skill set 100 percent uh, it's it's a it's it's a more creative way again going back to that it's mm. watching watching someone who looks at it and you just sit there and I might be creatively have a bit of a creative mindset but I don't have the building knowledge to sometimes turn that into something mm-hmm. so being there and seeing someone who's a skilled builder and and that's when you really see like a skilled renovator is that they've got the technical skills and the creativeness. To and, and that creativity to be like, right, okay, this is how we can make this work. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that was a clever, that was a clever thing you did. And that's yeah. one of the, when I work on a renovation and talk with people and, and listen to podcasts and, and you hear about the the roboticization, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. robotics of of and, and computers of uh, construction going forward, the computerization. Um, and and you think, how could a, a robot? be able to do this job and i kind of feel like yeah if you're renovating 100 percent this a robot's not going to be able to do that job now building yeah. brand new homes maybe robots can do that and when the time comes but yeah yeah you've got to you've got to be able to really think on your feet when you're renovating a house and you find that the walls go dif- in ten, 10 different directions on the same wall you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so true yeah you're right yeah i think you i agree um i spent a lot of my apprenticeship doing renovations and I worked for a, a fantastic builder who was very good at renovations and you learn sometimes in old houses to choose between plum and straight and you lean towards more so what looks good than you know you can't run into a hundred year old villa and and try and replumb a wall sometimes it'll just it just doesn't work you know yeah it just won't work yeah especially yeah. and especially if you're extending that villa and you're like okay we've got a build this extension and it's lining up but you've got an old wall that's on the piss and you've got to build a new wall and the the idea of building a brand new wall out of plumbers like uh you gotta kind of <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's the fun of it though renovations like you say you have to be creative you have to think of on your feet um mm. yeah you kind of i think there's a lot more involvement in the process from the carpenter side of thing when you're in a renovation space yeah, uh, especially because so. a lot of it is um architects aren't even involved for some of it you know unless you're really changing the structural kind of aspects of the building um yeah. then you'll need some engineers and architects but otherwise if you're just like kind of moving around non-load bearing walls and uh the builder gets to do what he wants which is fun yeah oh yeah and i think the other thing that someone at my level which then just to for lots of people then i think probably maybe maybe a bunch of people that see me on instagram and stuff or see me on scott's channel assume that i'm like a, a builder and in fact of because i've been spent most of that time doing my own renovation stuff i'm essentially just a hammer hand right so mm-hmm. i've never done an apprenticeship so i'm not maybe as experienced as, as some people think i am um 
but one of the hard things when you're in that position and, and so you're working on something and if it's a new build or something like that, someone comes along and goes, like, put up this wall. You're like, right, I know exactly how that wall's supposed to be. It's supposed to be plumb. It's supposed to be square. That's easy. Mm. But if you're working on something that's not that and you're trying to make it work, it's like, okay, well, this is what I would do. And this is where I prefer, I, I get enjoyment working for myself because I can totally take that back to how I think it should be. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing it for somebody else, so you've got a boss over there and you're like, well, I know what I would do if this was my house, mm. but is he is that is that going to be his interpretation of how it should be? You know, and so it's a little. I find that quite stressful. Way like, yeah, someone's like, hey, you just um, you know, try and plumb up this wall, and you're just like, what? But it's kind of not. I can't plumb it and twist it and do all this. Stuff. Like, <sighs> where, do you, where do you where do you want it to sit in terms of perfection? And what's your idea of of what that should be? And yeah, that I always find that quite stressful. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm always like calling out, like, what do you, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then I feel like, oh, this guy's just constantly asking questions. Oh yeah, no, you should be. That's that's the whole that's the whole uh, that's the whole gig. I'm actually kind of quite interested, like you say, you haven't had a formal apprenticeship, but you certainly got a passion for building and 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 developing property. So, how have you found the practical aspect and just learning how to learning construction techniques basically was it easier than you thought has it been harder has it been a really like an engaging challenge compared to your previous years and in the workforce yeah oh i mean i i love i love building i mean i when i when i was so again when i'm because i haven't been doing an apprenticeship um it's totally understandable that whoever's employing me it's not their job it's not their focus to be like teaching me how to do stuff right if you if you sign someone off on, a, on an apprenticeship it's your job to teach them how to become a qualified builder but when you're doing it the way i've been doing it which is just was really purely just to sort of learn enough that i could go out and do stuff myself um and and it was never a goal that i wanted to become a builder and be able to do whole renovations it was more that um one of my one of my first houses that I had, and I had a builder do something, and I remember at the time being like, and he was the tiler was like, this isn't level, that's not straight, da da da, and I hit up the builder, and he's telling me, no, that's all how it should be, and I'm thinking, it doesn't seem like it should be like that, but I can't argue with you because I don't know, mm. and it turned out he was basically lying to me, you know, and so I, right. so part of the road going going down this road is so that I can do renovations in the future where I you know I pull a builder on to do the big stuff and know what is going on and, mm-hmm. and can have an opinion on it but um but yeah so because i am doing it that way i end up you know you, you're the you're the dog's body in terms of i'm doing lots of the cutting right mm-hmm. you've got a couple of qualified builders on site well no point getting me doing something when it's not efficient to have me doing something slowly when i can just be cutting and passing on so i don't i haven't learned as much as if, if i'd done an apprenticeship for sure mm. um but doing what I have done in terms of doing a bit of work and then going off and doing a renovation for myself it's quite has been quite good because I'll learn a bit on a on a job or two and then if I go off and do my own renovation it's a little bit it's a little bit like karate kid like you've been doing some maybe not the most interesting part of the building but you've picked stuff up along the way and now you apply that in yourself you know mm-hmm. and in an environment where if you bang up a wall or or do something and then go, oh shit! Like I've done that wrong. You don't feel terrible that you've 
got to tell the boss that you've done it wrong. You can yeah. just be like, right, okay, oh, I should have done that way. Sweet, pull it down, put it back up and be like, sweet, I did it. I learned something and I wasn't stressed out and I didn't cost the boss money or, you know, so, um, yeah, I, th- I don't know if that answers your question. but and, and when I'm doing those projects for myself and I do that, where I'm taking the knowledge that I've learned from a, somebody else's job and then make it work on my own renovation, it's like so satisfying on those days i'm just like this is my dream job yeah so you know that's cool so do, do you i'm interested like obviously you're, you're learning techniques off builders that you're around do you think going forward that you'll still employ qualified builders or do you like more so just for the fact that you have to or do you enjoy the camaraderie of having other builders on site or would you be kind of a one-man band once you feel like you've built up enough skills to just go out there now I, I think like again going back to the financials of renovating slash developing i'm always going to make less money in the long run if i'm trying to do it all myself mm. and, and I, again i see examples of successful people who successfully renovate and they you know they they get the property they bring in a crew they smash it out they're out looking for another property mm. and that's really the way it should be done and that's sort of what i plan to do but then I just found that I love building so much. Yeah. So I basically have to find a place where I, you know, a, a, a happy medium where I can, I'll, I'll employ people to come in and do the job and jump in and be part of it where and when I can, if that makes sense. For sure. Um, I guess kind of like sometimes maybe, I don't know about for you, but I wonder if sometimes you're, you're, project managing and you're not on the tools do you just have days where you're like you know i just feel like putting my tool bed on and swinging a hammer today and i'm just going to do that for a couple of hours oh yeah absolutely all the time yeah and i'd hate i just and i'm a quite a practical person and i've always been a physical person in terms of put me in front of a computer and i just i start you know i'll, I'll start to lose interest and lose focus pretty quickly but i can work on a building site all day and focus on something for a whole day and, and not yeah not get not be struggling to focus on it do you know what i mean mm, mm. yeah i think if you're if you're in, inclined practically and you enjoy working with tools I, I don't think you can really stop yourself from really wanting to get involved in a project practically you know uh even if you are doing property development i could imagine that you feel like, well, if I really want to get a sense of involvement or, yeah, I did that project, then you just have to kind of get in there with a hammer a little bit, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. My, uh, so my grandfather, he from a, um, you know, he ended up in a kind of a roundabout way um, starting at this civil construction, civil, um, yeah, civil construction company. And, uh, but he, in his retirement, he and he started he started out by you know driving a bulldozer doing some logging work you know he was and but in his retirement after having built up this this company where he was obviously just behind a desk for the majority of it he was in his 80s driving bulldozers you know like his really <laughs> yeah um, and that was what he did for his retirement he just yeah. my in fact is his in his last years he was in a retirement village and on the outskirts of Rarua and my father basically bought a bit of unused land that was covered in scrub just down the road and he would get on his mobility scooter and drive down to the on his mobility scooter onto the and cl- climb on the bulldozer and spend the day just like clearing <laughs> scrub and stuff and that's what yeah. he did until, until he died basically wow so yeah. um 
yeah, I always, I always, I often think, oh man, it will suck if I get to an age where I can't get out and work on something on the house or hang it, you know, pick up a door or something, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, I definitely love that side, like the actual building side of it. Mm. Um, and sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, would it have been good to have done an apprenticeship? But um, no, I think I'm pretty happy with just having picked up the the skills that I've picked up along the way and mm. yeah oh yeah so i'm sure you'll only pick up more you know and uh yeah I, I i've certainly found that the more i learn about building the more i want to do more of it basically yeah, uh, yeah. it's quite addictive like that yeah cool I, I want to talk to you as well about obviously the whole living improvements thing and what you're doing on instagram what you're doing on youtube what you do kind of with scott brown and what he does Coming from a kind of arts and TV media background, I'm wondering just in general, obviously that's that's probably got a bit to do with your decision to sort of uh, make vlogs and, and kind of document what you're doing in a way that appeals to you uh, creatively. What do you think, it, I guess, in general about carpentry or building or property development as entertainment now? You know, you were saying the kind of the mainstream sort of media tv industry is dying and thousands of people want to watch you know your videos and scott's videos and of just everyday kind of builders activities and people love it what do you think's going on there um yeah i i, I worked on a few reality tv shows and the ones that really did well and the ones that people liked were the kind of the, the most genuine ones um and with the most genuine people and the ones that were really clearly faked and clearly set up for shit. Like people see through that. They might still sit in front of it and watch it, but they don't, they don't really love it, you know? And, um, and the stuff that's really real, I think comes across and it used to on TV, but there was, I think there was always, always, always doubt. Right. So I worked on amazing race a few times and people would always ask me, is that real? Like, is that, and it's out of all the reality TV shows, it's probably the most real. Like it's, mm. it's, almost never anything's really set up apart from some really minor little things just to make the story flow. But how you see those guys running around the world and doing the crazy shit they're doing and not making it to the airport and getting pulled over, <laughs> like it's all, none of it's set up, you know, and people, yeah. that's why I think it's one of the, it was always one of the big reality TV shows that people oh, love. Yeah. Um, and I worked on shows where you'd have, like you'd actually, like as staff, you'd be like, right, we need someone to uh, say this about the food they just tried or what they think of that. So you'd like, you'd literally have the soundy jumping and be like, oh yeah, mate. Oh yeah. It's great to come around here. You know, and you, mm. it's like, well, this is so fake. Um, and, and even the way it was put together, like, oh, you couldn't have, like we do on, on like you see on YouTube, someone's talking and they, they stuff up what they say or they kind of go, oh, well, I don't actually want that 15 seconds of me talking between. So they're just like, literally jump cut and it's very clear that they've just cut something out well on tv you kind of really want to hide that and pretend it's all fluid whereas again something like youtube mm. it's totally acceptable just to chop yourself together and <laughs> and people know it's not because you're trying to fake something they know it's because you're just being real and you said some shit that you stuffed up or yeah you know you have to feel like you had to start from scratch and get a perfect line um so i think there's that's that's part of it um this com this community as well, like that interaction is is massive, um, and ultimately you can choose, you know, exactly what you want. So this as as much as as much as whereas let's say you've got an audience right, and in New Zealand with the kind of three or four channels that we had, you either had 
these these three or op, four options, right? But the reality is, is that in a population of four million or whatever we've got, the the things that we want to watch are far more varied individually than the the four or five options that were on TV. Now with YouTube, you can look up and watch a whole series on the most cr- weird, crazy stuff if mm-hmm. that's what you're into, you know. Um, and yes, yeah, so, I mean that's that's kind of part of it. I come across Scott because I was um, wanting to see Renault shows because I was just about to buy my that um, my, the the last one I did with that he worked on and I, I met him. That was my first real like right. I'm going to buy a place to do up and sell it mm. and, and see if I can make money doing that. Because previously I'd had a couple of places, but I'd had them for a number of years and I might have done some stuff to them to improve them. But at the end of the day, the market had moved, so I was wanting to see right. I want to do this properly now. Um, and so I wanted to look up stuff online to see who was doing that. And I don't think I came across anybody. Mm. Um, you know, it was all these American videos of, you know, yeah, we're from Texas house flippers. And and even though it might have been a YouTube-based show, not a, not a um, network format, it, it was still very much like, yeah, and they come back three days later and, like, all this work's done and, it's very polished and I don't know, um, wasn't very real and it didn't really show people what it's really like to get in there and get your hands dirty and stuff. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually have a crack at maybe doing that with what I was doing. Um, and But when I searched for that, one of the first things I ended up finding was Scott Brown. Mm. And I was like, man, this is good. This is like some New Zealand building. Like I can watch this. It's entertaining and I can learn some stuff like along the way. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and then on top of that, you've got just like that interaction that you can have with with the actual content creator. Mm. Um, the popularity of of something like a Instagram tradie community or or people like yourself who make videos and document what you're doing as entertainment, like you say yeah. with Scott Brown. You know, you say that when I think of kind of tradie type entertainment shows, you think of you're right, like those kind of big budget American renovation shows or even something like The Block or something like that. I always found I'm building all day long. Like the last thing that I want to watch at night is The Block. Uh, But for some reason, I'm, you know, real into watching something like Scott Brown or Tim from The Offcut or, you know, exploring people's on Instagram, what they got up to that day. I just find the reality of it much more interesting you can yeah. relate to it a lot more yeah and i think even even if you're not conscious of it like you you feel the fakeness of something like the block yeah like there's no doubt those guys are in there doing long hours trying to pull stuff together and that but you know you've got oh mark what's his face and you know he's like right one minute 30 seconds dinner. and you're like and, and each different clip it's like one minute's raining then it's sunny and he's in it like you're like this is there's no continuity here like this is clearly bullshit and all of a sudden and it's always the same thing, right? You've got to build up that drama. Like, no one's going to finish. And how did they go from like that far behind? And in two minutes, they're like finished. Yeah. No, just finished. Yes. It's like well, that's fake. Like, it's <laughs> not real. You're trying to you're trying to build in drama to to keep people watching, as opposed to providing a really interesting content that keeps people watching. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, it's not that fake. Yeah, it's not that fake drama and emotion that. Watch Scott Brown. There's no like, <laughs> he's not trying to be like next week. If you, know, if, you, if you hang around, we'll finish off the. You know, it's, it's yeah. like that's what we did this week, and uh, next week I'm going to do the bathroom. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, you, you feel you feel the fakeness, and and after how, what have we had like a couple of decades of reality TV, you just go, yeah, yeah thank God there's another option. Yeah, for sure. I always like to think of like an audience member who's watching the block and who gets inspired to do some renovation on their house. And, you know, like you just said, oh, it only takes them a few minutes to kind of go from that to that. It must be pretty straightforward and just sort of getting into it and just being an absolute nightmare for them. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I yeah. do that naturally between projects, right? You almost, you almost, that's what you want it to be in your head always warps your reality of what it's really like, even though you have a memory of it being hard. I think you kind of, your, your mind has a bit, the ability to be like, this should be sweet. Now that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Never is. Yeah. So how was that? Obviously it's pretty well documented, so we don't have to labor over it, but how was that journey on reflection of that first house where you really set your mind to like, right, this is a development property. I'm really going to throw money at it. I'm going to do it up. Um, Cause it's a kind of a, it's a pretty cool, a uh, funky sort of house from the get, especially on the outside. It looks like a, like a nineteen sort of fifties, sixties uh, retro looking thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the few the few investment properties I've bought in the past, I've bought quite well and done quite well. That one in particular, I kind of barely had a look through it. Um, just sort of, I'll oh, chuck an offer in, and then the offer got accepted. And I was like, oh shit! And I was thinking. I didn't think that was going to get accepted. So now I'm all of a sudden like, maybe I offered too much on it. And then, yeah, once I got into the renovation, it was like, oh, I've just jumped in the deep end on this thing. And, but I'm in here now. Um, yeah. And I was focused on like making it happen. But it was, yeah, just it was a, it was a, it was a monster basically. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, like everything needed replacing and fixing. And, um, but it was a massive learner and I got heaps of satisfaction out of it. Mm. Um, and like you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, doing that thing by yourself, you do after a while go, it's cool when you've, you know, you've got a, maybe you're a month in and you've been listening to podcasts and you've got the freedom to do as you want. You don't have anyone looking over your shoulder, but after a certain amount of time, you're like, geez, it'd be good to like hang out with some other people for a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah. And then so hence I ended up getting uh, Scott and Pido in, and, and that was, it just helped to bring in those boys that, again, because I would sometimes be in there and you're like, I don't know how to do this part. Like, mm. do I try and wing it, or should I get someone that knows what they're doing? Like, um, yeah, it was, it was it was kind of stressful at times. Uh, certainly, there's easier, and that's what I've learned as well. Like, the next project I get will be much easier than that one. Mm. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Well, yeah, but it, it, I I did get huge satisfaction again out of turning that place from a complete shithole. That was the beauty of something like that. You know, it was a complete shithole. Mm. Uh, I do have a bit of a, a a struggle in the construction industry. This isn't anything against the construction industry. This is just this is just what it is, right? But mm-hmm. you, you know, you want to renovate something. If, if if you've got a car and you're like, you know what, this car is kind of not really what I need anymore. Um, you can turn around and sell it to the person down the street, even though it's got a hundred or two hundred thousand k's on it. But with a kitchen that's kind of old and not really what you need, and you want to upgrade, you're like, you know what, I want a nice kitchen maybe not such a bad example because a kitchen you can kind of sell on to some degree, but maybe you're mm. ripping out a bathroom. It's like all that tire work, all that stuff, it just goes to waste and in the bin. Mm. Um, whereas a project like that is that there's no conscience issue there because this stuff should have been ripped out probably like 20 years prior. Right. Um, 
And so from that point of view, yeah, it was like, okay, I, I may not have like done really well out of it, but I can always be be happy in the knowledge that I turned a shithole into a really nice livable house and that people or apartment that people will enjoy for, you know, a decade or two until it gets demolished and turned into something else. Yeah, awesome. I kind of just want to talk about, um, you know, what you're up to in the future for living improvements. Obviously, you're going to keep on developing properties, but where, where do you think you'll take your um, the creative media side of what you're doing? Because uh, I just I find that quite interesting. I guess I'm not really in that game. I don't make videos, but I just find it an interesting phenomenon that it seems like so many people of course, because of the internet are, are able to interact with that and just find that entertaining and have connections to someone by watching them renovate their house. It's quite unique. Yeah. Um, I, when I, I think partially because of how big that project got, cause I went into it like, I'm going to document this on and, and make a YouTube channel out of it. And um, because of how hard and how deep that project got in terms of how much work it took and how, how much I was sort of, again, in the deep end and sort of over my head, which is a good place to be, I think. But mm. trying, to, trying to film something at the same time um, and put together a narrative and basically what I ended up, so I got a couple of episodes out and then my third one is literally, I often get messages like, when's the third one coming out? And I'm, it's like on my computer and the problem is I've got just like so much footage and because at the time, you know, someone like Scott's a great example, right? He goes in every day, he's going to film a day or two or three days worth of footage and he's pretty much got an idea of what that's going to be mm. and it's pretty clear and so it's quite easy for him to edit. Whereas with me, I was just like, I'm just like filming all sorts of stuff and so trying to make a, a, a sensible video out of that, just, whenever I try and do it, I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to take me just, I just don't have enough time in the, in the day <laughs> to, to make it happen. Um, yeah. It will happen eventually. But um, yeah, so I, but what I, so as much as that stalled, um, I would like to get back into doing much shorter YouTube videos, mm-hmm. um, but I just need to get that one out of the way. But I do, I love Instagram because Instagram's really manageable, you know, like mm. um, I can I can put up nothing for a day. The next day, if there's like a bunch of interesting stuff, I can chuck up stories. I can, you know, it's, it's, it's really manageable and easy to sort of put together. And I get heaps of, I get heaps of satisfaction out of it. It's a lot more fun. Um, um. Yeah, and, and and it's and I enjoy for so many years. I remember having a mate saying, "Oh, a mate saying that he was like, I'm I'm one of those people that just like take from the internet but never give back to the internet." And I'm uh, thinking, yeah, yeah I'm right. I'm exactly the same. Like, I'm always the person looking for how-to videos or what's this information, but there's nothing that I offer to the internet for anyone else to take. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of cool, even though I'm again, I'm I'm not like a, I'm not a a qualified professional builder to be offering up that sort of stuff but if there's anything that i can throw up there it's like oh it's good to know that i can throw that out and then of course you forget that there's always some apprentice or someone thinking earlier like i've had a couple of people that i've um then with on instagram who were like oh you know i love what you guys do but I, and i'd love to become a builder but i'm like i'm 35 and i'm like man i didn't start until i was 37 so mm. get amongst it you know mm-hmm. um so that side's really cool i feel like I get to have fun with it. I get to interact with other people and hopefully give something that is of value to other, you know, that whether, yeah. whether it's a, something funny and it's a bit of entertainment or whether it's some practical little tip that comes out, you know? Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I, I definitely favor the Instagram. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah it's a good way to interact i think it's it's pretty cool and the way i think of like your videos and scott's videos it's a great it's a great offering to the internet i like that term um in terms of uh just showing what a day looks like on site uh i think there's like you know from perhaps people especially from the outside of the construction industry if they haven't kind of been a part of that experience or maybe had people come and renovate their house they've got no idea what that looks like uh and i think there's people who are pretty curious just to see what builders get up to all day and you can give your offering to the internet and kind of leave it there and people can take it however they want which is uh quite fun yeah i mean what this this is a really good example of kind of touching what you're saying there but two jobs ago we did this uh villa as is with scott and the client was a guy from singapore and he had grown spent his whole life you know he's probably in his in his 40s somewhere with a family and he'd spent his whole life living in high-rise apartments in singapore right and so he's moving out to new zealand well he doesn't know anything about like his his world is living in a high-rise apartment he mm. doesn't know about timber frame houses that are 100 years old sitting on sites with a garden and that sort of thing so he basically was moving to new zealand and he thought i'll start googling like and, and looking up housing in new zealand and he came across scott's videos mm. and it was such an amazing thing for him to have an insight into what houses were in New Zealand, you know, yes. what building was like in New Zealand, the whole picture. He came here instead of being, instead of arriving here completely blind and not knowing what he should be looking for or what properties were like, he already came here with an idea in his head of what his house that he might buy might look like or whatever. Um, and I was just like, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing ever. And mm. so he, and he, he employed Scott based on that because he's like, not only do I have, I'm not coming here blind in terms of what a house looks like and it's made out of timber and you have a backyard and that sort of thing, but he is also able to be like, oh, this is what a, this is what a Kiwi builder is kind of like, and I'll use him. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's 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 cool what it can put out, and I do like sometimes I just read those comments, particularly on Scott's videos, and it's just it's quite cool when you got like someone saying, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm like an an accountant from Denmark like I don't know why why I'm on this channel but it's, I love it yeah. you know I like watch every episode and I've got no idea why like, man that's pretty cool yeah I think that's awesome though yeah, yeah. um yeah like I would you say, be really interested to know like how many people so how many of my followers from on Instagram or how many of his followers what percentage of those people are like builders or DIY type guys and what percentage are just purely in it for the entertainment you know because they find it interesting as opposed to because they're wanting to learn how to put up a door or something yeah yeah true yeah i i I wouldn't be surprised if it swayed more to people who aren't within the industry i think it's quite entertaining what you guys do yeah i think so um and i think it's a little bit of an insight maybe you know it can offer people uh you know perhaps even like yourself a few years ago when you're in a job and you get to the great thing about especially something like Instagram or YouTube, you get to explore what other jobs might look like, which is quite fun. Uh, You know, like I think of back in the days of television, I used to love those shows like uh, Mega Structures or something like that, where they do like a little mini documentary on like the world's biggest flyover bridge or something. Oh, I mean, there's something seriously wrong with you if you don't like watching Mega Structures. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, but but what's (laughs) great about about Instagram is that – you could follow someone who's um, tying steel on that site every day and posting photos of what they're up to, you know, yeah, and, right. 
and yeah, and you get to I quite like it. I follow people in the states who are like rod busters and building like seventy story high rises, just something completely out of the box than what we do here in New Zealand. And I just find it really entertaining just watching them like, wow, that's how you, uh, you know, that's how iron workers uh, do what they do or, you know, that's how you build a massive bridge. And I just find it really interesting. So I'm sure there's some people who obviously just find uh, the construction process interesting in general. And then when you have someone like yourself who's quite entertaining with what they do, it's a win-win. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I'm instantly, I'm just like, oh, well, I've got to start following some like high story, high rise building guys on Instagram. Oh, it's great. Yeah, there's heaps of people <laughs> over in the states. Yeah, I had a podcast with a lady um, from uh, California, I believe, who um, she's like a construction photographer, and she goes around like climbs up these crazy buildings and takes epic action shots of iron workers, you know, way up. And um, yeah, it just blows my mind. Yeah, especially from you know, little old New Zealand. I mean, we do have tall buildings, but uh, your everyday person isn't really connected to how those things would be built or just getting to watch the job from start to finish via someone's life experiences is quite, I think it's really entertaining. Yeah, Yeah, you do. You just basically, you can find anything and get real insights into what that life is like. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. Um, The other thing I think that's quite cool about Instagram is that it, like we, everything we all have stereotypes about everything that we see in the world and and the way we interact with the world is all based you know we're, our brain is naturally wired to to group things together and uh and again going back to what, what, when i was at school you know my and i don't know if this was like a standard stereotype at the time or my stereotype that i held for some reason but i like the guys that were doing woodwork and metalwork were the guys in the lower end of the academic scale you know um Mm -hmm. and and i also sort of thought that and again i don't know where this came from it may have just been something i came up with i don't know as a kid but um that builders you know weren't as intelligent as you know if you're a builder you're not as intelligent as an engineer obviously i hadn't got to the age where i realized that people did things because of not where they fell on the scale of intelligence what sometimes they just did stuff because that's what they really we're really passionate about and so you can have really really super intelligent people doing things that we might consider mundane and sometimes people that aren't that intelligent but succeeding at some you know running businesses and, and things like that so mm. um certainly being like seeing people on instagram and i'm just like man that guy's that guy's talented you know like it used to be that i thought that those that there wasn't that much talent in there and i'm talking like when i'm 13 and stuff not when i'm in my 20s but when i was really young and, and kind of naive but yeah seeing guys that i follow on whether whether it's because they've got some big building company that they're they're running um and they and you're like this guy started out as an apprentice and look at the blooming building company he's running now it's mm. just it's mind-blowing or whether they're just a one or two man band and the just the jobs they do and you're like man these guys are good so it's I think that's quite cool about it as well. Anyone that comes across it was like, oh, this is not what I thought builders were. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it does put to bed the kind of typical stereotype, doesn't it? There's a lot of different yeah. characters that uh, make up builders. And it, and it's fun to then get insight, a little bit of insight into their lives. And maybe that makes an easier entrance point for some people who are a bit afraid of that stereotype coming into the industry. Or, or You know what I mean? Where you think you've got to yeah. put on rugby shorts and go fishing every weekend yeah. you know what i mean or whatever it may be yeah and same with like the, the girls that are on you know like oh yeah um what's i mean she builds bro and 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 
Sparky chick from Queenstown and mm-hmm. uh, Bex builder and stuff like some of those girls. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I, I never saw a, a female in a trade up until I jumped on Instagram, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. And I, because I've got a daughter and she's really out there and she's not growing up with those sort of old rules that we had growing up as kids. And um, and not only that, is, is, is she more inclined to do those sorts of things, but I'm going to be able to show her like, oh yeah, here's this girl doing this. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm able to say to her, oh, you can be these things. Whereas maybe if I hadn't seen these girls on Instagram, I'd be like, oh, it's, you know, like building's not really for girls. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's cool, man. They like changing, changing perception and going out there and yeah, putting in putting in hard yards in what is still a heavily male dominated thing. So that I think they're extra extra impressive, you know, to to be going out into that sort of field and having a crack. Yeah, for well. sure. And good on them for for sharing it and and like you say, providing a window into the life of a of a tradie. I think it, it's yeah. interesting, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, you've had people. Um, you know, message you and say, "Hey, I'm I'm this age, and I don't really know about it." But you know, thanks to watching you and showing me that you can do it, um, it's kind of inspiring a little bit, really. Yeah, I do get some messages like that, and I was like, "That's I don't, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not a very good builder, bro. Like, don't follow me too closely." But um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm like, oh, that's I never think of myself as like someone going, "Man, you guys inspire me to like be a builder or whatever." I'm like, yeah, that's oh, no, I never kind of imagined that. It's like, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's, cool. it's good. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's actually when I first got into the kind of podcasting and Instagram thing, it's not what I expected at all. I had been out of social media for a very long time, but in fact, especially the trading community on on Instagram, is awesome. I've like very rarely have bad interactions on Instagram. If you kind of focus your view on the trades community, at least in my yeah. experience, oh, no. it's been really yeah. cool. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, with that uh anonymity that and, and the keyboard warrior thing that can develop and be so negative and so aggressive and stuff. On on the flip side of that, it's like I might never never have met you, but I feel from just watching you that I can and I'm not in front of you, I haven't just met you, so it's not awkward. I'm I'm not really there, but I can mm. just type whatever I want and and you know, on the positive flip side of that, it's like yeah, you all of a sudden you start to make these connections that you might not have made if you were just face to face. If you know what I mean, like you're yes, not afraid to say stuff that you might otherwise be a little bit shy or low. Might think I'm a dick, you know. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, no, absolutely, I agree, hundred percent, and I think that's great. Yeah, I, I was thinking the other day. I wonder what um, the reaction would be if I just walked down the road to the neighbouring building site and, and asked one of the guys on the tools, like, "Hey, do you want to be on my podcast?" Like, I think it, for me, it's just that at least, like, way maybe further back in the day, it would have just been like, "What are you on about?" But I feel no um, inhibition doing that. On you know, messaging yeah. people like, "Hey, uh, your content is awesome. I love your projects. Do you want to talk building with me for a while?" And most yeah. every single one says, "Yep, sweet, let's yeah. do it." Yeah, it's cool. totally. Yeah, yeah. I get. I'll. I'll, I'll I'll take a step back, but I guess um, I might after that renovation project I did, Dungarvan was the name of it. Um, mm. After that, that Art Deco unit, my my plan from there was to basically I've got this garage project that I'm been trying to get off the ground at home, and it just seems to run into hurdle after hurdle. And um, my goal was to basically finish up that renovation, start the garage project, and then while that was on, start looking for my next project. And I literally come out and sold sold that 
unit and then a week later or two weeks later we're into lockdown right and mm. so we had some like family things going on during lockdown which sort of added a bit of stress and i went from you know going to the gym like really really focused on on doing this re- taking this renovation path going to the gym all the time like getting up early you know i was, I was, I was, I was at a point in my life where i felt like i was smashing life pretty mm. well you know like mm. sort of at a top of the mountain sort of thing and um and and then that came along and that sort of i mean a lot of people had a hundred times worse than us but it was it was just a bit of stress and then it was kind of like you're around home we didn't know what was going we thought the economy was going to collapse and all that sort of stuff and uh and that sort of knocked me off knocked me off the what's the what's the basically it, it took the wind out of my sails i guess you know mm. sort of killed that momentum and so coming and then i was and then of course i was like well um not going to buy anything now because obviously we're all thinking that again the economy's tanking and, and whatnot um and so and 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 then i went i was just about to start the garage build as well like the week before lockdown and and guys going to do the majority of the building it's like oh we might not be able to get some beams and stuff and i was like okay let's put on hold and sure enough like lockdown so i'm literally starting that garage project now all right and the whole time i've been like well i'm just gonna get this garage project off the ground and and then i'll get into my next renovation and it just gets delayed 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 so that's just finally happening now but of course now i'm sort of and it's been good because in, in the meantime i've been able to work with scott and Pato and that's been awesome but yeah my goal is certainly i'd love to get into my own renovation i can f- feel it like that that little bit of itchiness that i'm i want to be in control of a project and that creative side of things that we talked about and, and really getting stuck in stuff myself um but of course the market is like crazy right now and then i'm like right well if, if I bought now and in six months there was a crash, mm. whether, whether we're talking about the stock market or the or the housing market, which is very sort of bubble territory, I think we'd all go, oh, well, that's not surprising, right? Because it was going crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, this, I'm, I'm like kind of walking the tightrope nervously of like, which way should I go? You don't want to mm. sit around and I really want to get into something. So that's where I'm at. But um, yeah, as soon as this garage project, which we're just, you know, doing the footings for now and it's a two or three month project, um, as soon as that's done and dusted and, and beforehand I'll probably st- I'll start looking and yeah the goal will just be to start doing them continuously um and well and 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 partner up with some you know some other people whether they're other mm-hmm. tradies or something like that because I think that's always always work better in a in a group and so that's my yeah that's my sort of goal going forward um, cool. yeah good luck man good luck, it's, man. it's, it's Definitely sounds like this is your this is your full time now. You know, this is what you're uh, this is what you're going for. Yeah, it's what I'm going for. Yeah, that's yeah. what it, it's what it would have been before lockdown. I think you know, and then mm. you know, just all that doubt sort of came came in. I was like, eh, hold off. But um, yeah, that's what I'd like to be doing, just like one after the other, and more and more off the tools in terms of finding properties. But like I say, I found on that one that I just had so much fun. Like every day, I felt like I was in my dream job. You know, I was yeah. Almost, ne- I've probably never been happier in a job, and just coming home at the end of the day and being like, even though I'd done like ten hours, I'd like I, so many days I didn't even I'd get there at sort of seven thirty, eight or whatever, and I'd work right to the end of the day and I wouldn't have even stopped for lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas on a normal site, I'm like, 10, is it ten o'clock yet? Like, got a break, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably a good sign, right, of like how much I was enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so yeah. to get back to that was, was definitely my goal. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and I guess to to kind of wrap it all up, that it seems like it's the 
the underlying theme is you enjoy that kind of being your own boss or being able to do things at your own pace. You know, everyone kind of learns or enjoys their job dif- uh, differently, but it's nice to be able to be in a position where you can do that. You can, you know, listen to a podcast and you can take however long you want to frame that wall up or, you know what I mean? It's, it's that sort of, yeah. it doesn't become a chore then. I think there, there, there's another part of it as well, which is something you kind of don't, strive for but you know we probably all should all the time um and that's when you get your most satisfaction is when you're challenged the most right and then you Mm. again when i'm in there and i don't have a someone telling me what to do and i've got to like try and figure out what's the best solution and can i do i have the knowledge to actually pull off building that part of whatever it is Mm. um that's that stress and anxiety right i don't know if i oh i've never done that or I, i can't do that or and then doing it and pulling it off um so yeah, there's something about this the responsibility, like having more responsibility that you put on yourself and you're the person you have to ask to and you're challenged to do something that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Or if you're on site, you'd be like, so what do I do here? Um, and at the end of the day, you're on site and it's someone else's responsibility. So you kind of, uh, I think I'd like, I tend to get a bit lazy, not physically lazy, but lazy in driving myself. Um, whereas on my job, like, I have to drive myself, and mm. that gives in turn, like you, you get that satisfaction um, from accomplishing those things that you put in front of yourself. I guess is yeah, that's the that's one of the big kickers I think from doing that. Absolutely, yep, hundred percent. Yeah, um, I like what you were saying there, Richard. I thought that was quite good. I've definitely found it in my own life that the more responsibility I take on or the more I put myself in situations where you kind of right on the edge of your ability or your learning, uh, the higher the reward or the more meaningful the the achievement, I think, definitely. And certainly renovations and kind of filming it and also trying to make it entertaining, that's plenty of challenge to keep you busy for um, – for the future, I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I say, it's sort of how, how much filming we're going on in terms of trying to make long videos of renovations. But uh, yeah, you always it's always anything you do in life. Eh? If you if you if you're pushing yourself to improve every day, I think that's a, you know that should be the kind of the goal, and uh, and that's usually where you feel the best about yourself. You know, when you moments of pride when you pull something off, and moments of satisfaction when you prove or do something well and all those things um yeah definitely that i got a lot of that out of that unit yeah i bet yeah especially when um you know you can do that in carpentry as a as an employee but when you get to do it and you reap the benefits like all the benefits from it it's it's that extra payoff eh you know yeah it really is yeah yeah that's cool all right beautiful man i think i think we'll wrap it up richard uh it's getting getting late out here so yeah i do, what i'll usually just give you an opportunity to kind of give yourself a shout out and you know i guarantee anyone who's um listening to this is probably already following you but you know you can tell people where you're at where your videos are at what you're up to and um and then we'll call it a wrap sweet um yeah so yeah if you if you, you haven't uh same Instagram, it's living in underscore improvements. I think that's right, eh? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> um, And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm kind of like, the, the, I've got this big following, but it's mainly just being provided for, through Scott tagging me, right? So I'm kind of like, I'm a bit of a fraud, really. Um, 
but yeah, if you if you want to follow that, um, and I also have the same. I think it's living improvements on YouTube. But um, yeah, and I know there's probably a decent amount of people out there that have might have seen the videos and like, there's no third video. Like, when's the end of that? Yeah. It'll it'll come. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, no, cool, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, you, you, from the videos I've seen on your Instagram, you're definitely a character, and I can see why you have your following. It's it's fun to follow along with what you're doing. So yeah, keep doing yeah. it. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, uh, all the well, best. I mean, I just, yeah, like thanks to you because I think that what you're doing is really cool as well, right? Like, it's all we all kind of part of the same thing, but you're actually putting in a little bit more effort than than chucking up the odd Instagram story, you know, it's like, it's, it takes a bit of effort to put this all together. So that's awesome. And, um, and it's good. And, and just again, again, kind of that whole, the whole community, the whole New Zealand Instagram community, and there's obviously some overseas guys in there as well that I follow and stuff, but it's so cool to see what everyone does all the time. And, and you've got the likes of Catapo Toolbouts and like the mm. good rule and stuff like these Kiwi guys who are being innovative and, and being able to bring, products to market that they might not otherwise would have been able to without social media and uh and hopefully they get some benefit from it but you know the rest of us all get awesome benefit from having these tools that we would have otherwise probably not been able to get you know so um yeah i just i bloody enjoy it eh? i i enjoy following everyone and i enjoy being able to um reach out to people and, and you know put our post if i've got a question about something or message people there's a whole there's there's a lot of knowledge out there that I don't have. And uh, so, yeah, just anyone out there that's part of that circle of knowledge and I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'd echo that. To, to, uh, to spreading it and keeping it moving along. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. It's an absolute love fest out there. Everyone everyone backs everyone and, and um, you know, supports everyone. It's cool to see. So, um, yeah. yeah, more more positivity, the better. So, yeah, great. Thanks, Thanks again, again, Richard. Thanks. All right, thanks for listening, friends. Go and check Richard out on Instagram at living underscore improvements. You can also find what Richard's up to on YouTube. Check it out, living improvements. He's got a few episodes up there, like he spoke about, but some of the projects he's been undertaking. Thanks very much to Richard for giving his time. It was a fun yarn. He's a man who's got, I think, a lot to learn from as well. Some cool experiences there. There's an ongoing theme with some of the people I interview on this podcast who kind of get into this construction life, I guess you could say, at a later age. I think that's a pretty cool sign for the industry in general, or it speaks to how, basically, how awesome this job is or this industry is. If people were changing careers at that stage of their lives, then it's clear that it's a place where people want to be at, where people are happy to spend their nine to five, if you will. You know, if you're an adult who's uh, had a bit of experience in the big bad world and you want to make a choice like that, then uh, again, that kind of speaks to the credit of the industry, so... Great, inspiring, cool. If you're someone who wants to go out and do something like what Richard's doing, maybe you have an investment property, a rental property, your own house that you want to do up, 
And if you want to kind of watch that happen in real time through someone else's eyes, hit up Richard's content. And of course, Richard's uh, been a part of a few videos from Scott Brown, Carpentry, a pretty prolific YouTuber, vlogger here in New Zealand who documents his journey as a professional carpenter, mostly doing up older houses as well. It's awesome how that is entertainment. Both of those guys are pretty clever at making it entertaining, down to earth, informative, great. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed the conversation. I want to take the chance to speak about something else that's happening within the Chip Away podcast sphere. If you're a fan of the show or if you're listening, then let me tell you about another podcast that I'm going to be reinvigorating, starting, doing again. Got a couple of episodes out within the feed of the Chip Away podcast entitled Chip Away Outsiders Podcast. I'm going to take away the Chip Away part and I'm going to reinvigorate the Outsiders Podcast.
a bit of backstory. It's a podcast that I'm mainly going to be doing with Jared from Epitage Workwear. He's been on the podcast before. Instagram search Epitage Workwear for Jared or Dubtaps Construction. There's a guy coming from Asheville, North Carolina over in the US of A. And he's my internet friend. And together we like to go hmm, a little deeper than most, perhaps, without sounding too self-indulgent. And waxing lyrical on construction, craftsmanship, working class, life. It's for some reason become interesting enough to both of us for us to want to put out a bunch of recordings about it. Bless you if you enjoy these punishing little monologues. And if you do, friends, then you're going to get a whole lot more on the Outsiders podcast. That's what it's about. You know, something that kind of drew me to want to start podcasting guess I could say I'm philosophically minded and Jared he's just a complete weirdo in the best way possible an absolute individual a polymath I could go on but you're better to hear it from him so stay tuned for that uh, I don't know how regularly I'm going to put them out and I don't know when the first one's coming out in true chip away fashion. It will be happening. We'll be taking some deeper dives and some rants and some monologues and have it be a lot less formal, if that's possible, to be <laughs> more informal than the current state of this podcast and less about interviewing, rather discussing. Because between you and I, that's kind of what I enjoy most about podcasting and about the conversations I have. Uh, so they're the kind of conversations I want to have. And Jared's someone who tentatively I could say I know somewhat more about than the average guest who comes on the show. So no awkward small chat, no building into conversations. We're going to go straight in there, dive in the deep end yarn about all sorts of topics that we feel worthy of discussing and putting on the internet of all things if that does it for you then then that's what's coming at you yeah again thanks to richard definitely go check out richard he is a laugh he's a character absolute kiwi legend and richard surely will and I certainly will keep on chipping away. Cheers.